Welcome to the Edinburgh Fringe, and now a chance to look back and look forward with the fringe legend of Ronnie Golden. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome as the weekend approaches here in Edinburgh at the Fringe, the largest arts festival of the world, bringing you more surprises every single day. And today, I've got to say, it's a big surprise. Ronnie Golden up here to do 10 minutes with John Cooper Clark. Uh, wasn't planning on doing an interview, just bumped into him in the bar, uh, but you'll hear all of that in a second. It's a chance to hear from someone whose fringe history goes all the way back to the 1980s, uh, who's worked with some of the greatest names in comedy and showbiz, and who has plans for fringe content in the future. So why not sit back and just enjoy 10 minutes with somebody who's seen more than I have forgotten, Ronnie Golden. Sometimes at the Fringe you spend hours and hours and hours trying to book a guest. Sometimes they just turn up at the bar and go, shall we just do something with a microphone? <laughs> Ronnie Golden, can we say Fringe legend? Uh, you could do, yeah. I'm certainly, uh, I've been coming up here a long time. I think 84 was my first year. What's the same at the Fringe between 84 and now? Oh, it's, it's a universe of difference. Uh, and in those days, it was free and easy, and you just came up to to have a laugh with your mates and uh, and do your stuff. I mean, comedy w w hadn't spread like it like it has over the particularly the last ten years or so. Uh, it was so it was kind of fairly rare, um, but you know, people like Rory Bremner uh, kind of made his name here, um, and he he you know it was it was kind of dispiriting when you had to follow Rory because he was already making his name and the audience would all file out and then our, you know, four people would come in to get out of the rain, basically. Um, so, uh, but I, 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 I liked it. And, uh, and so I started coming up here and I've done a whole range of shows with different people. Um, I, I actually only did my first solo show in 2011. Uh, up till then, I'd always worked with uh, my band, Ronnie and the Rex. We started uh, late and live back in the mid-80s, and uh, they were great nights, really great nights, because we're a really good kind of soul dance band, and uh, everyone was on their feet. And, you know, but that became a problem because, you know, as we got older... Uh, and the crowds got younger and the shows got longer. So, you know, sometimes we wouldn't finish till half three, four in the morning. And it's just too much, really, trying to keep sober for that length of time. Um, but it was good fun while it lasted. And I've, uh, I, I did, I worked with Barry Cryer for 20 years and probably at least 10 or 12 of those were Edinburgh's. We first got together in Edinburgh and uh, Barry was great to work with. That, that show of the two of you, to me, just feels like an Edinburgh anchor. It's been there as yeah. long as I remember, even though I've been doing The Fringe yeah. longer than those shows. Yeah, it's kind of a shame that we 
we aren't we were better known really because we were known really well on the fringe and we sold out all the time but uh i think it was a kind of a really unique show in that we we wrote our songs and we and we did our patter and and some of the songs were kind of a bit dark and other ones were kind of as rocky as you can get with one acoustic guitar but you know Barry loved it and uh, we loved working together it was it was just just good fun and we we recently lost Barry's the wrong word because we haven't lost him he's like all of those greats they're always going to be around and they're yeah. always just nowadays just a few words away online yeah floating uh, floating through the ether uh, yeah, uh, I, I honestly, you know, it's very strange to be up here without him because he, he really was a fixture. And, uh, but as he kind of in- increasingly got old and, uh, became more infirm. And so we, we cut down on the amount of uh, shows that we did to the point where we were just, I think, doing two afternoon shows at the museum, which were great, fantastic. But, uh, I think it just got things got a bit, a bit kind of uh, too much stress really for Barry. And although I mean we did Barry's final show uh, in London uh, a, a matter of weeks before he went. I mean he was still up for doing it. He really was. But he said, "Is it all right if I sit down?" I said, "Of course it's all right." And he said, and I, my memory's not, not what it used to be. So I said, well, you, I'll print off the words. He said, oh, but it looks a bit bad. And I said, no, no one cares. They just want to see you. And, uh, yeah, so that was a show that was we did just before Christmas. And he went uh, around January, sort of mid-January, I think it was. So what brought you back to the Fringe this year? Well, uh, I, I kind of wasn't going to come up. And then John Cooper Clark, who's a very old mate of mine, he uh, we were on the phone, and uh, he said, uh, "I'm doing a, I'm doing a one-off show, really to promote his his autobiography uh, at the Playhouse." And he said, uh, "I've invited various people: Stuart Lee, fascinating Aida, and a couple of other actors." And he said, "It'd be great if you could come and do like ten minutes." And they're paying me. They're putting me up in a hotel. I thought, for 10 minutes, this is great. <laughs> Long way since 1984, isn't it? It is. And, and what happens next? Well, I mean, a good question. I, I think a, a lot of comedians up here, I mean, I've only been up since uh, yesterday evening uh, and I chatted to a couple of mates and it it looks like it's... The, the the Edinburgh Fringe is, is going to be different, I think. I think the economics of the day are going to affect it very strongly. I, I think people are going to go, well, we people are already saying we're going to heat or eat, and pretty soon it's going to be like, I'm not sure we can afford... It's going to be a, a rich person's paradise, I think, because a, a lot of people won't be able to do it. A lot, a lot of acts won't be able to put the money up for it. It's It's... You know, if if it's a depleted audience, uh, it's going to be hard work. I mean, I just I think you have to you have to think in a different way. I mean, I'm already doing that. I'm I'm doing some writing. I'm writing a a, a co-writing a fringe musical at the moment, uh, which is called Unplugged the Musical, uh, which is based on a song that I I wrote with Barry, and uh, it's. Uh, 
it, it's like a kind of anthem to. Uh, well, but firstly, it's a double anthem. Firstly, it's for uh, uh, homage to to a lot of the young acoustic players who are really good out there. And on the other side, it's uh, it's about assisted suicide. Um, it's like I want to be unplugged. It's like I want to I want to get out of here. And uh, so it's uh, there's a darkness to the whole thing. Uh, there will be many laughs, but I, I want to do an honest, original musical. And the main thing, uh, we, we've been working on this for two years. And, uh, and Nick is a proper playwright. He's American. And that's what I wanted. I wanted a really strong story that people could identify with. And I, I didn't want to be crowbarring kind of 1950s songs into it. I wanted to write all new stuff. There'd be a couple of songs I wrote with Barry and John Dowie and, uh, and new stuff that I'm writing. And it's, yeah, it's, I think it's really interesting, but we're not looking at the West End or anything like that. Uh, but I think it, it's one of those things, it could be a weird left-wing hit. And that's what we do as creatives. We just create, we write, that's we it. perform, and it's in the lap of the entertainment then. Yeah, and I think it's much better to do something that you believe in, even though you're running against the grain. Uh, because if it all goes tits up, I mean, you can say, well, we believed in it even if no one else did. Whereas if you sell out, which I, I, I was in a band called Fabulous Poodles back in the, uh, in the late 70s with all the new wave and punk rock and all that. Um, but we were a very kind of theatrical band. And uh, I look back on it and I think, wow, I made no concessions to, to it at all. I wrote exactly what I wanted to write. And as a response to that, weirdly enough, we, we got to play America. We did two, three-month tours over there, and people loved the songs, even though some of the reference points were so beyond them. You know, I wrote a song about B-movies, and I, I, I reference a lot of, you know, the B-movie stars that I saw as a kid, you know, like Sam Kidd and Victor Madden, all these names. And, and it's, it's kind of funny, and, uh, but... We we were looked on as the new kinks at the time, uh, which I took as a fantastic compliment because Ray Davis is just such a hero. Uh, so, you know, I, it, it pays to stick to your guns, I think. And when this musical comes out, and all your music that's out just now, people will find details about that on your website? I'm so <laughs> crap at all yeah. this stuff. I, I mean, I listen, I... I will get a, I had a website and it was so out of date it was it was it could have been 1952 you know what I mean it's like Max Miller could have been turning up but so I decided to scrap that and I'm looking for someone who's going to charge reasonable rates and I can I can get it all up on there well when the microphone goes off I have some recommendations oh good <laughs> but for now Ronnie one of those drive-by interviews bumping into people at the fringe I love those coincidences. Thank you. A great pleasure. Ronnie Golden there. And normally I would say links are back on our website, edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. 
com. But you've just missed that John Cooper Clark performance. And as Ronnie said there, linking on the socials and the internet is not going to be possible. So maybe I'll find a discography that I'll link to or something like that. Um, or maybe just one of the videos. Uh, many, many videos of him doing the act with Barry on YouTube. Anyway, that's us. Uh, we're heading into the Fringes last weekend. The final push to get the ticket sales, to get the halls filled, to get the names in, to get the flyers out. All of that building up. If you're in Edinburgh, we've given you many flavours and recommendations over the last three weeks. But if not that, you know what? 3,000 shows Go find something you enjoy, dip in at random, have a quick Google and find something that sounds fun. You will have yourself an absolutely wonderful Fringe-tastic weekend. Fringe-tastic, not cheesy at all. Let's just hit the end music and catch you back here tomorrow. You've been listening to the Edinburgh Fringe Show, hosted by Ewan Spence, produced by The Podcast Corner. Listen to more from The Fringe at edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. Listener.